If you've ever read a portion of the novel The Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky, it's likely to be one of two portions, uh, either the opening chapters before you get discouraged by the length of the book and the, the drabness of the uh, main character at the beginning, and you get discouraged and put it down, or you've read the famous Grand Inquisitor parable, which is frequently excerpted in great literature classes. It's a brilliant parable about the Grand Inquisitor, but in my opinion, it's a somewhat unfortunate choice to represent the whole novel. I would rather see the heart of the Brothers Karamazov in a section entitled From the Life of the Hieromonk and Elder Zosima. Zosima, the elder, turns out uh, before he became a monk, was a military officer and he survived a duel with another officer and thereafter spent the rest of his life repenting because he had in his heart consented to kill a man even though ultimately he didn't carry it out. And the whole of the novel centers actually on a notorious murder and the question at the heart of the novel is this. Actually it's not precisely who murdered Fyodor Karamazov it's a subtler question. Who is responsible for his death? The novel is one of the earliest murder mysteries, and as such we get to consider, uh, in good Agatha Christie style, how many of the characters wanted him dead. And in various ways, even those who didn't end up wielding the murder weapon conspired to make the murder possible. And against this backdrop, the elder Zosima has this teaching. The moment you make yourself sincerely responsible for everything and everyone, you will see at once that it really is so, that it is you who are guilty on behalf of all and for all. This passage came to mind as I heard the Lord telling us today to take up our crosses and follow him. This saying appears in several forms throughout the Gospels, and I think normally when we hear it, we hear it uh, as the equivalent to accepting our sufferings, which isn't a bad place to start. But if that's what our Lord means, why didn't he just say, whoever does not accept all the sufferings that come his way is not worthy of me? Why the mention of the cross? Well, for starters, the cross is the instrument of capital punishment. It's the punishment meted out to murderers and others like revolutionaries who cause disturbances that are likely to end in the shedding of blood. It's also worth noting that our Lord exhorts each of us to take up his cross, which is to say, to make myself somehow responsible for everything and everyone, to admit my guilt, my guilt, before everyone. And this is uh, profoundly countercultural today. Our current cultural climate uh, tends to favor finger-pointing and blaming and skepticism. And this functions to hide from us our faults, especially the faults that contribute to a general mood of anxiety, anger, and fear. And I think this is a real danger of substituting kind of generic suffering for the cross in our Lord's teaching today. And again, without saying that it's, uh, it's wrong to accept our sufferings, just to say, that's not exactly what our Lord is teaching us. 
We all suffer because of the faults of others. And it is possible and perhaps even common for us Christians to accept suffering precisely as a sign of our innocence and others' guilt. Yes, I accept my suffering because it's his fault. You see, I'm, I'm better than he is. As Abba Zosima would put it, perhaps if I were more loving, my enemy would change. And perhaps my present suffering at his hands involves my faults too. Another obstacle to taking our own personal responsibility for the state of the world is a kind of tribalism, a fear of disappointing those close to us. If we admit our faults and they reflect somehow on the group, uh, or if uh, I make decisions and forgive my enemies and that puts me at odds with those who are still angry with them and so on, if I refuse to blame others in the way that the group tells me I ought to, And uh, just as an example, one could today lose all of one's friends on Facebook simply by refusing to criticize every single thing that President Trump does, or by suggesting that perhaps the cultural elites, and I would consider myself among those, bear some responsibility for the disaffection of some voters. The need to stick together offers us a first entree into the difficult teaching that opens the gospel today, that to be worthy of Christ, I must love him more than my parents. Uh, It's interesting that in the Ten Commandments, we're taught to love God, uh, but to honor our father and mother. And of course, we should love all persons, but this is the second of the two great commandments. Love of God comes first. So love of neighbor and love of parents, love of political bedfellows, That's always secondary to the claims that God has on us. And the danger of inverting this precedence is that we confuse God's will for us with a kind of peer pressure. And we confuse Christ's presence among us with the sentiments associated with those persons who are most lovable to us. In other words, we're not challenged to look more deeply into our own responsibility again for perhaps the unlovableness of of the unlovable, or to look more closely at the self-justifying process of scapegoating that we all engage in. Let's end uh, this homily by looking at the flip side of all of this, and that is the liberation that takes place when we accept our crosses and follow Christ. It's a wonderful scene in Brothers Karamazov where Zosima is in this duel, and... uh, he realizes he, he can't kill this man, so he just shoots in the air, you know. And he experiences this tremendous liberation. Uh, all the hatred, all of the fear that he had before, all goes away. Uh, and then he enters the monastery. Uh, all of those things that make me anxious today, the things I feel the need to fix about other people, suddenly are seen under a new light when I accept responsibility uh, for my own guilt. I can do something about the situation. It doesn't involve changing other people. It involves changing me. Conversion, repentance, moving toward the truth. If we say we are without sin, we lie, says St. John, the evangelist. But if we know the truth, the truth sets us free. And so let us then really pick up our crosses, the instrument of salvation, and follow Christ to true freedom.